48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Marin Tam. Tonight's headlines. The government says it will cull about 2,000 hamsters and small animals after some of them at a pet shop were found to have the coronavirus. Some residents of a Shamshoi Po building will be evacuated after experts say they suspect COVID-19 was vertically transmitted there. And three residential buildings have been placed under lockdown. Authorities have announced a cull of more than 2,000 pets in response to a COVID cluster involving hamsters at a pet shop in Causeway Bay. Dozens of pet shops around the city that sell hamsters have been ordered shut as well, as Damon Pang reports. A worker at the Little Boss pet store and a customer she briefly came into contact with have come down with the virus. And officials say 11 hamster samples taken from the shop have tested positive as well as environmental samples taken from the firm's warehouse in Taipo. Anyone who bought a hamster anywhere in Hong Kong since December the 22nd last year is now being told to hand it over so it can be tested for COVID. Regardless of the test result, the hamster will be killed. If the test comes back positive, the owner will be quarantined. Either way, the owner would also have to take COVID tests. The hamsters, rabbits and other animals at the shop in question, as well as the company's warehouse, will also be killed. Dozens of other shops selling hamsters have been told to close and give the animals to the authorities to be put down. They will only be allowed to reopen when the other animals on sale have received negative COVID test results. A deputy head of the Agriculture, Fisheries and Conservation Department, Thomas Sid, says although there's no literature in the world showing that pets can transmit COVID-19 to humans, they have made the decision to cull the animals out of caution. Now they're infected. And the virus, they can infect other animals and also they can infect other hamsters and also human beings. So we don't want to cull all the animals, but we have to protect public health and animal health and we have no choice. We have to uh, make a firm decision. The hamsters involved in the COVID cluster were imported from the Netherlands. Meanwhile, officials are also planning to send around 150 of the pet shop's customers into quarantine. Those who visited the store between the 7th and 15th of January are being urged to contact the authorities. The Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals said it's shocked by the decision to cull the animals. In a statement, the SPCA accused the authorities of failing to take animal welfare and the bond between people and their pets into consideration. The SPCA also urged pet owners not to panic or abandon their animals. Authorities suspect that the coronavirus may have been vertically transmitted at a residential block in Shamshoi Po after two more preliminary infections at the building emerged. Some of its residents will be evacuated. Francis Sit reports. A family living in Tongmun House of Taihan Tong Estate was infected with COVID after a relative of theirs came down with the virus following a hotel quarantine. Now, a mother and a child who live above the family but don't know them have tested preliminary positive. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Yun Kwok Yong has recommended the partial evacuation of residents after inspecting the public housing block. He said the virus might have been transmitted by exhaust fans and added that it also could have been spread through sewage pipes. About 30 residents living in flat 14 from the 1st to the 11th floor of the block have been urged to evacuate. Officials have also reported one suspected One suspected infection that's untraceable involves a 26-year-old woman who works in a Quarry Bay kindergarten and lives in Meifu. Hong Kong recorded 18 new COVID cases today, 11 of which are local. Three residential blocks in Aberdeen, Meifu and Tongcheng were placed on overnight lockdown after confirmed or preliminary positive cases were reported from residents there. 
people who live in Kasing House at Kalung Court in Aberdeen, 72-74 to 74 Broadway, Meifu Sanshun Phase 3, and Monterey Cove Tower 1 in Caribbean Coast Phase 1 in Tongchong, were ordered to be tested. Residents of the three buildings must stay put until their test results are out. The authorities said they aim to complete the operations by 6.30 a.m. or 7 a.m. tomorrow. Hong Kong's jobless rate has fallen to 3.9% from 4.1% the previous month. It's the 10th straight drop. The government says most major economic sectors saw improvements, including construction, retail, accommodation, education and food. And now the weather. Mainly cloudy, cool tomorrow morning, sunny periods during the day. The outlook, there will be sunny periods on Thursday, windy with a few rain patches on Friday and Saturday. The temperature now is 17 degrees and the relative humidity is 74%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says there's been an increase in the number of people getting COVID jabs since she announced that vaccinations could be made mandatory for visitors to restaurants and various other businesses from February the 4th. Violet Wong reports. After initially indicating that vaccine bubble arrangements would be extended to more places before Chinese New Year, officials later pushed the date back to February the 24th. On Friday, however, Carrie Lam said the new date for this could be February the 4th, when certain pandemic restrictions are currently slated to end, as long as there are no further COVID outbreaks in the city. Speaking to the media before this week's Executive Council meeting, Mrs Lam said her comments last week persuaded more people to get jabbed. As a result of that suggestion, of course, we are already seeing an increase. I wouldn't describe it as a surge, but an increase in uh, vaccinations amongst the population, especially amongst the older population, which is to be welcome. Mrs. Lam said, for example, around 18,000 people got their first jab yesterday. She said the vaccination rate among older people has also increased, with around 55% of those in their 70s now inoculated. The latest figures show that more than 76% of the city's eligible population have received at least one COVID jab. Representatives of six types of businesses forced to close until after the Lunar New Year have urged the government to let them reopen immediately. Operators of trades, including beauty salons, massage parlors, bathhouses and mahjong parlors, say they are willing to only serve vaccinated customers. The Liberal Party lawmaker Xiu Kafei is assisting them. Chinese New Year is coming. Most of the industry in Hong Kong, they will have a good business at the end of the year and uh, all those staff will earn their salary and their income at the end of the year before Chinese New Year. So if government allow those industries to open before um, end of this year, just like uh, next week, I'm not, I don't know, if they are willing to um, do the vaccine bubble to allow their shop to reopen, I think um, all those industries, they are, they are happy to do so. Macau's legislature has published the draft of a highly anticipated gaming law bill, providing further details for casino operators in the world's biggest gambling hub. Natalie Cheng reports. The proposed changes, if approved, will mark the biggest reform in the gambling hub in two decades and lay the ground for casino operators ahead of the expiration of their licenses in June this year. The 44-page draft document detailed what would be expected of the new licensees, including support for local small and medium-sized companies and contributions to fields including science and the environment. 
Casino operators will also have to draw up a plan to promote responsible gambling, while there will be cap on the number of gaming tables and machines they are allowed to operate. The bill also gave further clarity on Macau's drunken operators, middlemen who are tasked with bringing in high rollers. If the law is passed, casino operators will no longer have dedicated drunken rooms, and revenue-sharing arrangements between the two parties will be prohibited. China's top economic planner says Beijing will soon roll out policy measures to boost domestic demand and stabilize growth. Priscilla Ng with the story. Yuan Da of the National Development and Reform Commission told a press conference that the government is studying measures to bolster domestic demand and industrial production. The world's second-largest economy rebounded last year with its best growth in a decade, but momentum is slowing on weakening consumption, weighed down by repeated COVID outbreaks and a property downturn. Mr. Yuan said the mainland economy will continue to face many challenges this year, including weak consumption, constrained growth in investment. And uncertainties in foreign trade, he said. Beijing will closely monitor the situation and roll out timely, relevant policy measures to ensure a stable, healthy, and sustainable economic development. The mainland's postal service has ordered workers to disinfect all international deliveries after authorities claimed mail could be the source of recent coronavirus outbreaks in the country. China Post published a statement saying workers must disinfect the outer packaging of all international mail, adding that domestic mail should be handled separately to prevent cross-contamination. It also advised people to reduce purchases and deliveries from countries and regions with a high epidemic risk. The country reported 127 new locally transmitted COVID cases today, with the majority of them coming from the city of Anyang in Henan Province. Indonesia's parliament has passed a bill that paves the way for the building of a new capital city on the island of Borneo. The 32.5 billion U.S. dollar project was proposed because the current capital, Jakarta, is plagued by traffic jams, air pollution, and flooding. The BBC's Rebecca Henschke reports. Indonesia's new capital will be called Nusantara, which means archipelago. The government says the name reflects the fact that Indonesia is a nation of islands, each with their own unique culture. The ambitious project will see the capital move from the polluted and sinking Jakarta to a remote site in East Kalimantan on the island of Borneo. The government claims the project will drive economic growth in the east of the country and has vowed to build a high-tech and sustainable city. But critics say the indigenous community has not been consulted. The Israeli police have denied media allegations that they have been using phone hacking spyware to track civilian activists without court orders. An Israeli newspaper says its investigation revealed that the practice has been going on for many years. It said Pegasus spyware had been regularly used on opponents of the former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Belarus has confirmed Russian troops have started to arrive on its territory for several weeks of joint military exercises. The maneuvers come amid increasing tension between Western countries and Moscow over the massing of Russian troops near Ukraine. The Ukrainian ambassador to Britain, Vadim Prostyko, said his country was already at war with Russia, which is backing fighters in the east. We've been fighting for seven years, losing more than 13,000 people already. It's not just imminent danger. We are in the middle of war. It's not war with millions of casualties. Hopefully we will be able to avoid it, but we're already fighting each and every day losing soldiers. 
The government in Tonga says some of the country's smaller, less populated islands were severely damaged by Saturday's volcanic eruption and tsunami. On one island, all the houses were destroyed. On another, just two remain standing. In its first official report following the eruption, the government said the people were being evacuated from some smaller islands to bigger population centers. Three people are confirmed dead. There are also a number of injuries. Katie Greenwood heads the Pacific Delegation of the International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies. There's probably a couple of hundred people on each of those two islands in particular that we're worried about. And we do want to know the extent of the damage there. We are getting some unconfirmed reports that there aren't mass casualties, but there actually has been extensive damage. The historic villa in Rome that contains the only known mural by the Renaissance painter Caravaggio is going on auction today. The opening bid for the Villa Aurora is expected to be more than half a billion U.S. dollars. The building is filled with antiques and sculptures, including one by Michelangelo. It's been owned by the Ludovisi family for 400 years. Sport now and tennis first. In the first round of the Australian Open, Emma Raducanu has ousted Sloane Stephens in a battle between U.S. Open champions. The number 17 seeded Raducanu prevailed in three sets, 6-love, 2-6, 6-1. Among the other first-round winners are the women's second seed Arnia Sabalenka, number 3 seed Garbine, Muguruza and Simona Halep. The 14th-seeded Romanian eliminated her Polish opponent in straight sets. I don't believe I am at the highest level uh, of my highest level like uh, the in the past but uh, I feel good I feel confident that uh, the game is there the movement is there so mental is pretty strong of course it was not the best day today on court but uh, as I said was the first uh, match of the Grand Slam so it's never easy uh, but I feel uh, comfortable so I feel uh, I feel good and I feel um, that I'm in a good spot in the NFL, Matthew Stafford threw for two touchdowns and ran for one to post his first playoff victory in four tries as the Los Angeles Rams clobbered the Arizona Cardinals 34-11 to in an NFC wildcard playoff game. The Rams advanced to the NFC divisional playoff round to face Tom Brady's second-seeded Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now a reminder of our top stories tonight. The government says it will cull about 2,000 hamsters and small animals after some of them at a pet shop were found to have the coronavirus. Some residents of a Sham Shui Po building will be evacuated after experts say they suspect COVID-19 was vertically transmitted there. And three residential buildings have been placed under lockdown. And that's the news from RTHK.
softer side of a foreigner compared to colder cold as ice at least uh, waiting for a girl like you into our second hour this tuesday evening well night time i guess at 20 past 11 how you doing peter king with you as our musical mystery tour continues with a song from the chiffons next mm-hmm. 